0: Welcome to the Harmony Church podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. Anyway, but uh, all, about the, uh, the 16th of February, I'm going to keep on saying this every time because I want to encourage you. Now, three things I would love you to consider as we do the, th- the third service on the 16th. Number one. Um, is that we've talked about is that you invite a family or a friend, somebody you know, because that's the easiest one, the easiest people to, to, to invite. Invite somebody, a couple of people. If we all do it, it's like twice the amount here, right? Which is good, twice the amount. And then we've got to do to the third service. Um, and then the second thing is do the, the flyers, like take 100, 200 and talk with uh, Rick, which is really good, prayer walk your, your neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. But then I also would love you to consider... Uh, some of you to come for two services or to serve at one morning service like 9.15 and serve at the 11.15. So there is a bit of, there's nothing like a critical mess in these kind of things because when, when you get a few more people, it just feels a lot better for all of us. And we don't want to have like a lot of people like full house and 9.15 and there's like 30 sitting in the, in the 11. You know what I mean? So it won't happen. But I'm saying to you, that's what we don't want. And so the thing is though, if you want to consider even for a month or so, some of you, not everybody, otherwise there's no room again, but some of you, Some of you, maybe you want to consider serving in the second service and go to the other one or actually go to two services. It's awesome to be at church. In China, they go for the whole day. So we we are actually very light in one and a half hours, you're out of here. But the thing is though, you know, some people, so if you can help us with that, that'd be absolutely wonderful. Now, what, I've got a question. What are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? What consumes you? Now, I tell you, in church today, so you can be passionate about a lot of things like rugby and all kinds of stuff in your life. But I want to be passionate about what Jesus is passionate about. I want to be passionate about what God is passionate about. Now, the question then is, what is Jesus passionate about? Now, it's very clear in the Bible. If you look at Luke 19, for the Son of Man, Son of Man came to save and to seek lost people. The Son of Man, in the Passion Translation, came to give life to people. Jesus says I came that John 10:10 10, 10, that we the people might have life have it more abundantly. He his passion is to bring life to people, right? Get involved with me please. Life. I want us to stir faith in you today. John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He comes to give life to people. Amen. It's so important. Now the thing is, though, this is upside down. The notes for a moment, is going to, otherwise I can't read upside down yet. But maybe one day. Now Jesus came to do many things, but four main things. What Jesus came to do: one, to reveal the Father, the goodness of the Father, the unconditional love of the Father. That's one of the main things He came to reveal. The second thing He came to be a sacrifice for our sin. He took the sin of the world upon Himself. And become a sacrifice, a ransom for our lives. The third thing is very clear in the Bible. that He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen? Very powerful. Through the cross, but also he comes to destroy the works of the enemy. He's still doing that. And the fourth thing is he came to seek and save lost people. Now, I want to I suggest to you that this last one is his ongoing passion. His ongoing passion is to seek lost people, lost sons and daughters of God who don't even know their heavenly father. They don't even know who created them. He's got such a passion. And because of his passion, it's the mission that we have. It's the passion that we have as the church, right? It's our mission as the church to seek some lost people. Amen? Amen? Once we were lost, right? All of us. Once we were lost and then we were found. God loves it. But there's a lot more out there who don't know you who don't know him and don't know you and then, you know and so we make some friends and introduce people to God now surely this has got to be our priority surely this has got to be our passion and that's what we are all about and that's why we are making room for more it's not just because we want to have more people in our church. It's because we want to reach more people. Every church wants to reach more people. Every, I was talking to a pastor the other day. He was so excited about our journey, what we're doing and stuff. I said, come on, we want to see so many people get saved. We want to see this avalanche of goodness, you know, flow. People's lives being upside, turned upside down by the power of God, the love of God. God doesn't want anybody to perish. But he wants all of them to repent. All of them to come into life. Into life. Now Jesus says that the harvest is ready. It's been ready for 2,000 years. I suggest every generation there's of course a a readiness of that particular generation. Now we've got a lot more people around the globe than in the beginning of of, of 2,000 years ago. But then again we also have a lot more churches uh, around the globe, right? Even in this 400 churches in Christchurch. Did you know that? I, I see new churches popping up all the time. There's little ones Everywhere. There's actually a lot of Christians in Christchurch, although still I think it only is maybe 10%. I mean, on a very, 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 very good day. Maybe a little bit higher, right? I mean, I don't know, 15, 20, I don't think it's 20, right? But that's all. That means 80% are still facing a Christless eternity. 80% still don't know their Heavenly Father. And Jesus says, this he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord, pray for the harvest. Therefore, to to send out workers into the harvest field. I love this in the Passion Translation. He turned to his disciples and he says, the harvest is, what does it say? Huge. Huge and ripe. Let's say it together. Huge and ripe. That's what the harvest is about. But there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner, which is God of the harvest, to thrust out. Everybody say thrust out. It's quite a cool, I love word, thrust out. more workers and reapers into the harvest field. Thrust in the Greek means ekballo. Ekballo, everybody say ekballo. Ekballo, you see, you spoke some Greek today. It and it's it used a lot in the New Testament, and it basically means to cast out, and often to cast out demons. Akbalo. Cast out demons. So here God is saying, the Lord is saying, I need some workers, I need some laborers to be cast out, catapulted into the harvest field. Because the harvest is ready and plentiful, and it's huge, and it's ripe. So then he says, so pray. And plead God that he would send out, that he would thrust out, that he would cast out workers. I'm so excited about you guys. Now, I've got, I've got, I've got some good news for you. He's not just talking about workers. He's talking about you and me. We are being thrust out into the harvest field. This is our vision 2020. This will be always our vision. As we enter, as many missiologists and many prophets in the world say at the moment, that this is a decade of evangelism. Uh, Catherine Runala, uh, who's going to be here. By the way, Grace and Glory is going to be here for the 13-14 uh March. Just so you know. Uh, with Catherine Runala. And also Chad Mansbridge. Rob can't come this year, he'll be next year. Anyway, but the thing is though, Catherine is calling the, the decade of, of, of proclamation, which is great, uh, declaration, which is great too, declaring the things of God, declaring what is not as if it is, I love that, this whole faith I'm talking about today, it's what God wants, you know. But the thing is though, many also say it's, a, it's the decade of evangelism, that we will see one of the greatest harvests, one of the greatest mobilizations of the globe we will have ever seen in the world. I believe that's why Franklin Graham is going to be here at AMI Stadium next, next uh, February. You know, Planet Shakers Band is going to be here. Crowd is going to be here. Crowder Band. You know it's going to be John. Phil Wickham is going to be here. Franklin Graham is going to be here. Stadium event. Great. Anything to reach some people. Because God is all about reaching people, being sent out. Now, some of us um, in this room went to the, uh, to the Blue, Blues Brothers movie the other day, we had a little picture of, of of us at the Blues Brothers, um, this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, That's right there, yeah. No, we had a wonderful time at Blues Brothers. It was 40 years. Some of you don't know what you're, but you're talking about Blues Brothers. You're way too young, you know. Anybody knows about Blues Brothers? Anybody? Yeah. Okay, good. So, if, if I ask tonight, you know, they'll say, blues, blues who, you know. <laughs> anyway, but the thing is, though, you know, we had... And it's so wonderful because they're on a mission from God, right? And and anything goes. Now, I'm not saying anything goes in this house, right? But the thing is, though, anything goes with the Blues Brothers. I love it. They got these massive pileups, which I love. Remember all these cars? If you haven't seen it, see the movie. I've seen it about 20 times. So this all this change. Everything is over the top, right? Everything is over the top. And all these pileups of cars. It's just glorious, you know? And everything is because there's a mission from God, because we've got to find $5,000 to save this orphanage, Right? And so they just go for it. Hey, man, we are on a mission from God, right? We've been given the keys of the kingdom by Jesus Christ that God make disciples of all nations. So we are on a mission from God to go. Now, last week, Catherine had an amazing word that she, um, that she gave. And I believe it was from God. And I, I've been meditating on it. And that's why I call this talk today a holy disruption. Because God, Catherine uh, had this word from God called disruption last week. And I thought it was a powerful word for the church. Not just for our church, I believe for the wider church. But anyway, for our church for now. You know what disruption means? To prevent something, especially a system, process, or event from continuing as usual or as expected. I've got some good news for you. God is going to disrupt your life. And it may even start today. As we start 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's going to be a different expectation and outcome than you think it might be. And the reason why is because God may want to birth some new things in your life. Maybe God wants to have you a bit closer. You're running so fast you don't even see him. But he says, hey, I want you to stop and be disrupted in your tracks so I can do some stuff in your life, through your life. Now, in the Bible, this is, of course, almost every one of the Bible figures, Old Testament, New Testament, all were disrupted in some way by God. Now, two examples, right? Here is Mary, who just had Christmas. I mean, Mary was disrupted by heavenly pregnancy. I mean, not many get that, right? And we see was on his, on his journey with, with, with Joseph, you know, kind of engaged, you know, want to get married. And then, and, and then the Holy Spirit asked, or the angel asked, you know, you're not going to be overshadowed, do you mind? I said, yes, yeah, fine, you know, I'll do I'll, I'll this, you know. And the thing is, though, it happens, and she willingly gave her life. She gave her body. But what a beautiful disruption in her life that the Son of God, that the Savior of the world, was born through a 15-year-old person, little girl. It completely disrupted her life, but it disrupted eternity. It disrupted the history of what's going on in the world today, and through it, the church was born. Through it. You and I were born again. Through it, in the end, all the beautiful things that God has in this world, with his church, with his kingdom, with his covenant, salvation, everything came to it. See, it was a holy disruption. Another person is Paul in the Bible. This Pharisee. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He's one of the most powerful Pharisees. He did everything right. He was so. You can read it in the Bible how he says, I'm so proud of my heritage. But later on he says, man, when he found Christ, it's all dung. It's all, we were in the paddock yesterday. It's all dung, the horses, that kind of stuff, you know. Dung. It means nothing to me. Because now I found Christ. His name was Saul. He was persecuting Christians because they thought they were some kind of a heretic group. And then Jesus himself on the road to Damascus comes with the light. And he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me, Jesus? He didn't even know. Jesus, who Jesus was. And of course, the rest is history. And Saul has changed his name from Saul to Paul. And he becomes one of the great apostles in the church. He wrote most of the New Testament. A powerful apostle. The man, he was disrupted in his life by heavenly disruption. And it's powerful. And all of us and all of humanity have since that time benefited from this powerful disruption. 33 years ago, I was in a meeting. And there was a, a person who looked at me. I thought it was me. And her eyes pierced my eyes. And my, my, my heart was disrupted. It was you. It was Catherine. It was, she, was, she, was, she was leading worship at a YWAM thing. And she was playing, and she was gorgeous, still still gorgeous. And she, she, she watched the big eyes, you know. And she, I thought she was looking straight through me. Now, I had some issues to deal with in those days, and that's why I was probably saw a lot of sin in my life. How much did you see, darling? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it was a big, like 500 people. So there was in the back row with my brother. And, and she was in the front row, and I thought, oh. And um, lustful, uh, no, uh, It was a beautiful moment, but it was a holy disruption right there with my wife, her piercing eyes coming to me, and later on that night, we actually met together, and the first thing I said to her with this ring, you will not believe what I said, with this ring I had from my father when I was 18 years old in Holland, you get a signet ring from your father because now you've got the credit card. He actually gave me his gold card too, just you know. Not serious, he did, and I could use it, which I've not abused a lot, sometimes, Anyway, so he gave me the signaling because you're now a son, you know, you can do this kind. So he, and I turned this thing around. Catherine, God is my witness. You're my witness. I turned this around. And the first thing I said to her, just married. There's like a marriage ring if you turn it around, you know. I don't even know why I said it. But it must have been even an anointing of the Holy Spirit. It must be, again, a holy disruption that happened there in my life. But everything changed. She disrupted my wonderful single life. I had a great life. I was going in a great direction. And this woman with her eyes was a holy disruption and interruption in my life. But I love her for it. And I've been happily married now for 31 years. (laughs) So that's really good. Anyway, sometimes God wants to disrupt our lives. I tell you, I wrote down here, often a disruption can break down the flow of destruction. I know many, some people in this room, I know many people around who were on a trajectory and it was not good. And so God intervenes. A disruption happens, could be anything. To get them out of this rut or out of this thing that way. No, you got to go that way. A bit like Paul, you know, with Saul. So the thing is though, sometimes God brings these things into our lives. And I tell you, Sometimes a disruption would then cause a eruption. Something will start to happen. Something starts, disruption happens, interruption happens. And then there'll be an eruption into a whole new life, into a whole new reality for you. And that's why sometimes God calls and, and, and changes our status quo. And sometimes we don't find it very comfortable. It often isn't comfortable in either way. Either you're going in the full life of destruction and you get God wants you out of it. Or you think you're going very well. Thank you very much, God. I actually don't really need you because this is awesome. Look at my life. I got everything. But God still wants his, your heart. And so as well, I don't even really care if you go to the moon by yourself without an airplane or without a thing. But the thing is, I want your heart. I want your life. I want you. Like, Like David said last week, I want you face to face. I want a relationship with you. And so God will interrupt our lives, redirect, realign our lives. And so I believe that we are right now as a church, but I believe individually, all of us, me too. In a season of interruption, disruption, interruption, disruption. A season of disruption in our lives. A word from God for us. To give us life, to birth something new, to get more stuff into your life, more of him into your life. All this stuff that is there for us. Last year, 2019, was all about reestablishing foundations. And we talked about being established and a lot of things we talked about, which is really wonderful. But this year, God wants to build on that foundation of some of those beautiful things that we have put into place because he wants to build his kingdom. He wants to build his church. He wants us to be fruitful in our lives. Each one of us to be fruitful in and through our lives. Amen? Amen? And it's all based on a priority and a passion to reach lost people. To reach lost people. I always thought I was an evangelist. I think more and more of them becoming an evangelist. All my family are evangelists, so no wonder. We are all evangelists, by the way. Wherever you go, whatever you work, whatever you do, you're a nurse, you're a teacher, you're an evangelist, you're a missionary from God. And we're going to reach, send you out, and the next couple of months we'll do a service. We're going to anoint you with oil, and you're going to be the best mechanic ever. You're going to be so anointed, floating in. You see the Blues Brothers. Remember that, that lady that, um, that, that oversees? she just goes... Whoosh. No, no moving with the legs, you know? That's how you come into work. People said, what's this, you know? So I'm just... Anyway in God passion for the lost realigning in our lives see i really believe that god wants to build a foundation of faith in our lives everything in the kingdom works by faith faith that we can see a mighty revival in Christ Church. Faith that your marriage can be awesome. Faith that your kids who run away from God can become back to God. Faith that your business can do better than anybody else. Even if everybody else goes down, you go up because you're not of this world. You're not part of this world. You're in this world, but you're not part of this world. And so there's a different economy around you in you. Remember, the, you're different. And so i just proclaim it over you right now. i declare over all of you, over all of us, that there'll be such a powerful faith dimension in your life that you will start expecting God to do stuff which is normally impossible, but God makes it possible because He's God of the impossible, and He till- turns impossibilities into possibilities. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, that's from God because it was not in my notes. Right? And we're going to start believing that God is a destiny for Christ's church. He said a destiny right from the beginning, right when it was organized and the people came here. And whatever foundation, whatever struggles they had with all kinds of different things, and church, blah, 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 whatever was there, it was still God doing something in this city called Christ Church to be a light to the nations, to honor the name of Christ, to be that city that everybody in the world says, Wow, not because of shooting earthquakes, but because of the glory of God. And we got to start believing, and we start, I agree with Catherine, start declaring. That this nation, this city in particular, is not known for all that stuff. Yeah, it's known for all that stuff. But hey, it's known for the glory of God. It's known for the power of God. It's a, do you hear all these amazing people getting saved? And the whole metro, big metro new thing they built, all the swimming pools. And they're full of people being baptized. And all this stuff's happening there. Come on, guys. God wants to lift your faith, lift your vision of what he wants to do in this place. He's got a great vision because he's a great God. Amen. See, the harvest will not come in without us having to pay some kind of a price. And it's totally right in grace. There has to be a price to be paid to see awakening and to revival. Jesus already paid the ultimate price to give us something to sell, to give us something to proclaim, to give the goodness of God and the fire of God through the salvation of Jesus Christ, to give something. But I'll tell you, there's three things that God wants to do. He wants to stir our faith that we will start believing Him. He can't make you believe Yeah, he can give you some faith, but the thing is that you start believing what he said, right? The second thing is we start praying into it. Start believing that God is going to do something mighty. And three is we go. How can they hear, it says in the Bible, unless somebody goes. How can they hear unless somebody preaches to them? And you are all preachers not just me, you are, whatever you are, you are a preacher, you are a megaphone of Christ Wanted to work through your life, amen, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, it's time to show some faith, it's time to seek him diligently, and to make Jesus our priority, and that's why we're doing 21 days, I don't care what you fast, could be anything, But make sure you seek Christ. And I'm talking as much to myself as I'm talking to you. It's so easy after a holiday to be laissez-faire and it's all good and my life is great or whatever, you know. But God wants to raise the bar and he wants you to see the harvest. He wants you to look beyond you. Beyond you. And see, there's so many people that God wants to reach through you. I love this in the Hebrews, in the, sorry, in the Hebrew, in the, um, in the Passion Translation. It says, and without faith living within us, it wouldn't be impossible to please God. Fair enough. For we come to God in faith, knowing that, look at this, He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. He rewards the faith Of those who passionately, with their passion and strength, seek Him. Guys, He wants us to be passionate about Him. And He will start doing all kinds of stuff around us. That is amazing. You may say, but I don't feel that great. I've had a really bad year last year. I still don't feel very good. I have no good, whatever. You may feel really down. I have good news to you. Stop focusing on yourself. I suggest what you do is focus on him and then he can focus on you. I think sometimes we forget to go via heaven. We go in the earthly way, I gotta figure out my problems, I don't know how to figure out my problems, and then you do stupid things because you're not very wise anyway. You know, you need the Holy Spirit in you. I mean, some are wise, but you know, all of us, a lot of us are stupid, you know. Some of the things we say, some of the things we do, some of the things we do, it's just ridiculous, you know. So the thing is, though, we gotta say, no, 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 we're gonna go via heaven, via the satellite heaven, and come back and let God do something. Now, I suggest we put Jesus first in everything that we do and then see what he does. Talent, treasure, everything. Yeah, also your money. Okay, I said it. I said it. i tell you something. I was going to say it in another series. I'll tell you something. Catherine and I, we've been in this thing now for a long time. You know, i tell you something. The people that are really struggling, not always, but I see many times the people who are really struggling, have problems financially, all kinds of ways. I often will go back to They're not giving. You can't not not give. You can't not give, I mean. You can't not give. Yes, fine. Make Jesus first, particularly when you have financial problems. You need to have that seat he can work with. Otherwise, he says, hey, you're on your own. God bless you. Oh, we won't say that because he's just himself. So they can't do that. God bless me. I mean, I'm me. You know, I'm me. Whatever. But the thing is, though, make sure that we put God first in everything in our lives. But we know that faith changes things. Amen? So we're going to... Build our faith. We're going to raise the faith level in our lives. We're going to put Jesus first in our lives. What is your expectation? Now, last year I I shared about this story. And it was so powerful, I want to share it again with you. Because it's a good faith builder. There's this um, church in Bloemfontein in South Africa, and they now have 40,000 people in that church in a city of 400,000. Now that was then, now they're bigger, the, the city is, and the church. Um, but basically, and so, and so, but you know, the pastor had a sign in his office, like in my office upstairs, it says, give us 10% of the city. And they went after 10% of the city. And they got 10% of the city. 40,000 people, I said, if we have 10% of the city, about 500,000 here, how many are? 450? goes down and up all the time well let's say same is 400,000 let's go low then we have a church of 40,000 people now there's a few churches that have like a thousand and fifteen hundred But nobody has got 40,000 people and now they're going after 20% new sign
1: <laughs> give us 20% of the
0: city what I'm trying to say to you and to us is, what is our expectation? What are we going after? If we don't go after anything, we're not going to get anything. Yeah. I mean, God will do some supernatural stuff. I get it because he lost people so much. And after a while, he says, come on, this is a church. You know. you know, he lost the church. But you know what I mean? He'll still do stuff, even, even if we are Bundy at times, right? But the thing is, though, what I'm trying to say, we as a church, come on, let's lift our game. And let's see... A vision that God wants to do in our heart. So we start believing and we start praying. Yes, I know it's uncomfortable. I get it. I find it uncomfortable. I find it uncomfortable to pray. I'm not such a great prayer. I really am not. I'm much more a doer. For me to sit down even more than 10 minutes is a blimmin' sacrifice. <laughs> you know? I mean, some of you are just, you, you just kind of storm the heavens for two hours in a row, you know? I can do that if I walk around. That's fine. I can do that. But not if I just sit down and just meditate. I just find it so hard. It is uncomfortable for me. There's a price for me to pay in that. It's uncomfortable to go to two services, 9 o'clock, 10. Where did my 10 o'clock service go? (laughs) There's one person in this church who said that, you know. I like 10 o'clock. I'm not going back to this church. I say, you must be blaming me. Go. I don't want you anyway. That kind of attitude. (laughs) That kind of attitude. Come on, you go somewhere else. Unbelievable. It's all about me. Yes, it's uncomfortable to go 9 or 11, or 5 for that matter. Who cares? We've got a much bigger vision here. We're going to ask some lost people that God loves. And I'll tell you something. When you start saying yes to God, and you say, hey, man, I'm comfortable. I know Father's heart, but man, Holy Spirit, help me. Man, he's going to bless you. He loves the attitude of us making room for more in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. Come on, let's start believing for that, right? It's uncomfortable to, to invite somebody to church. I did my neighbor, and I'm going to have them come again. As soon as they came for Christmas. And I want to do it again. It's on my list to do it. Make a list. I want Ronnie to say something next week. Ronnie and Marisa, they got amazing lists. They have all these lists. So get you've got a new list, Gideon. He tells me. So Gideon, you've got a new list. Great. Where's your list? Have you got a list? Have you got a list of people you're going to invite to church or to Alpha or something? The banquet? Amazing banquet. Free food. Anybody will come. <laughs> have a list. Start thinking and praying about who you can invite to church in your life. Amen uncomfortable man jesus says or uh, the disciples said to jesus teaches how to pray the biggest thing he says straight away was to pray this your kingdom come you will be done on earth as it is in heaven hallowed be your name first of course only about god first holy then it's our mission and then it's all about you here somewhere but isn't it in the bible somewhere isn't it first somewhere it says seek first, the, seek first the kingdom of god or something like that and his righteousness and then all the other things will happen unto to you see we say sometimes that hey i gotta make those things happen and the kingdom yeah whatever no make sure that kingdom is first in your life Jesus, first in your life. That's why I love the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because what you do is there's a realignment of your heart. There's a realignment of your attitudes. There's a realignment of your mind towards Christ. And when that starts to happen, believe me. And you can try me and you can test me. Well, test God, but you can tell me. Because you find that alignment will come into your... It won't be always that easy because there's a contending. The enemy does not like this. He doesn't like the church to grow. He doesn't like you to grow. Right? But the thing is, as we do, we start contending. And Jesus is helping us, and the angels get actually excited. So they're so bored at the moment, you know. So, why is the church not doing some stuff, getting action? Come on, we're waiting right there, smoke room. <laughs> you know, they want to get action. And we activate them. When we start doing what God wants to do, the angel says, We got something to do. Let's do this. Boom. You know what I mean. It happens that way. It's just the way it is. Your kingdom come. It's a big vision for our world. Can the band come up, please? God wants to disrupt the normal. He wants to disrupt your life. And the reason why is because he wants more of him in your life. He wants more faith in your life. He wants more relationship with you in life. He wants more everything in your life. So I suggest this time is just, just about seeking him and going after him. One of the biggest churches in the, um, in the world, we're actually going to, to the church conference in, um, in July. It's the fastest growing church in America right now. It's called Church of the Highlands, Chris Hodges. And uh, one of the things, twice a year they have 21 days of prayer and fasting. And they are, there's such a mighty revival in that church happening right now. They're getting 18,000 people go to a prayer meeting at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, I think it's, different. I think it's not one, one place. I think it's different churches, I think. I don't know exactly where. But they're at oh, 6 o'clock a.m. Not p.m., a.m. 18,000 people coming because they're seeking God. And they say, we want to see America turn around. And they've been going for a while. Now, I don't know if you notice know, some of the things that are happening. There's a lot of disruption right now in America. Now, I'm not going to be political right now. Well, kind of a little bit. I won't name his name, but I'll tell you something. Some of God's righteousness is returning, whatever you think of the guy. And the thing is, though, what's happening is, God, and it's also because people are praying. People are praying. Like big churches like this are saying, we have enough of this stuff. We're going after the Holy Spirit. We're going after God. We want to have righteousness reign again. And I suggest we start praying in our nation that we will see righteousness reign in this nation. I tell you, it's going to be a march for life. We're going to have a march for Jesus. We're going to march for life. The guy that spoke that I was talking about, the spoke at the March for Life, was the first president ever to speak at a March for Life in America, just last week. Powerful. I don't think ours will come. But the thing is, though, it's going to be March for Life, right? 28th of March in the square, 12 to 3. We're going to speak out for life, the unborn. We don't, know, we don't like what's happening in this nation. We don't like abortion, so we're going to stand up and say something. The church got to rise up, guys. We can't be just passionate. We can't just be lazy. We can't just be, you know, let it, you know whatever. She'll be your right mate type thing. God wants to stir our hearts. He wants to realign us with his mission. Realign our hearts. Realign passion in our lives. Amen. <clears throat> I tell you, this thing we're doing right now, this, um, this prayer and fasting thing, this, this next three weeks, is as much as changing you, about changing you, That is about changing the world. I tell you, when God changes you, you will change other people. When you get on fire, you will light fires everywhere. When you become passionate about Christ and you can walk into the office like... They say, "Whoa, what is on with you? And you can share something. God wants to set you alight. He wants to set you on fire. Amen. The power of God. James 5 says this, The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous person, believer, can accomplish much when put into action, guys, and made effective by God. It is dynamic and has tremendous power. There's power when we pray. There's power when we fast. There's power when we worship. I would like the whole church to be here, and I invite you to come this Wednesday. Because for three Wednesdays in a row, we're going to have a mighty worship session and pray for our city and pray for our nation. So the whole 21 days, as we prepare for the 16th, when we invite our non-Christian friends, our church friends, it doesn't have to be non-Christian, by the way, also people who just disgruntled. Do you know there's more people who are not in church than are in church and they're Christians because somehow, somewhere, they got offended and they're out of church. We'll get it back into church because people flourish when they get into church. So the thing is, though, invite. On church, church, whatever. Don't steal them from other people, though. Don't go to other churches. <laughs> but I think that they need their people. Bless them. Give other people. They they also need to grow. All of us need to grow, you know. But people who are disgruntled, people who are not going anywhere, bring them to church. Reach the lost. Reach the protocols It's a holy disruption time. Amen. Holy disruption time. Let's stand together. Father, thank you that you are giving us an opportunity for a holy disruption in our lives. And we say to you right now that we invite your disruption into our lives. And because we know that you know best. Lord, you hold the whole world in your hands. You're not in control, but you are sovereign. You've given control to us that we can make disciples of all nations. That we can do things, Lord, that you've called us to do. But you do hold the whole world in your hands. You have the whole world in his hands. you got the whole world in your hands, Lord. And we want to bless you for that. And we give you praise for that. And so we pray right now, Lord, that you build faith in us. You build a sense of prayer and seeking you in us. Lord, that we would go. Lord, send me. Send us, Lord. And Lord, we pray for the harvest even now. We pray for workers. Going to go into the harvest, Lord, we pray that we will be impassioned to be your mouthpiece, to be your heart, to be your love, to be a helping hand for the people all around us who don't know you. Lord, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives in the name of Jesus. A mighty awakening to come in our city, a mighty awakening to come into our nation in the name of Jesus. We say, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done in Christ church as it is in heaven. Come on, let's say it together. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Christ's church as it is in heaven. Again, your kingdom come. Your will be done in Christ's church as it is in heaven. Amen. Isn't it amazing? He wants his kingdom to come. What a great vision. Can you imagine? His kingdom would come in everything. Wouldn't it be amazing? It's not just little people getting saved. We're now talking about systems being affected and infected by the power of God, by the goodness of God. Educational systems. Some key people in this church are in educational systems, political systems, business systems being infected, affected by God. And amazing things come through your life. The kingdom of God, righteousness, beauty comes in your life. Amen.